So you mentioned about the night of 2012. It was very excited. You guys wait, yeah. And after that, you have a moment of, oh, what do I do now? So how was the night of um, 2016? Very different. Uh, it started similar. I think the biggest difference between the two nights is when when winning in my mind. I don't remember specifics of like what we did that night. Like I remember like seeing the victory speech. I remember like meaning like this is the best thing that's ever happened. 2016, I can literally retrace my steps. I could go back to the Javits. I could go back to the headquarters and the Javits Center and tell you exactly where I was and exactly the steps I took. A lot of that is like when we realized when it looked like we were going to lose, time slows down. Where you every just, second, every second is, you, just, you, you don't feel like you're living. And I've never had that experience before where I did not, I felt like I was living in a dream. So the best way to think about it was at 2.20, 2.30 in the morning, election night, everyone leaving, we walked through to the exit and there was photographers and media all over the place. And all I remember is the flashes of the cameras in my eyes. And it's like a movie at the end where the flashes go off and then it goes to dark. And I'll never be able to fully explain it because it was like, I can't believe this is happening. Uh, and then I went home and went to sleep. Last thing I remember before going to sleep was this, this has to be a dream. I'll wake up in the morning and figure this out. Woke up in the morning, it wasn't a dream. So it was very different than 2012. <laughs> But obviously, a lot of consequences are not fully under our control, right? So you did your best, you gave yeah. your best on the campaign, you worked so hard to help the world um, get the best result. The consequence is not under our control. So what is your most proud moment on the campaign? I don't know if this is proud, like, I think it's kind of proud. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a crazy story and also kind of hilarious looking back. Taking a step back to 2008, uh, candidate Obama came to my school, the University of Maryland. Mm -hmm. uh, and I pushed, I was one of the obnoxious people, pushed my way up, I'm like, I want the handshake. <laughs> so I like push up toward like there's a rope mm -hmm. and I put my hand out and he misses the hand. He, like, missed he misses head. it. I, like, he's right there, and he's just shaking hands, shaking hands, and he just he just missed it. And I'm like, <laughs> so then a year later, or maybe two years, I forget exactly. Oh, so you didn't go again? No, I couldn't. Like I, I was trying to figure out a way to get to him again. Okay. I couldn't do it. Okay. He came back a year later, uh, or two years later, to Maryland as president, giving a speech about healthcare. I pushed my way up again, trying to get the handshake. He missed again. So. What is he doing? I know. Like, I, I don't know if it was intentional or what. So now, flash forward to August 2012. The day, I, I don't even know how I remember this, the day that Paul Ryan was announced as VP for, for Romney, Obama was already planning to come to the office. Mm. So he came to the office and I'm like, I am getting that handshake. Like, I don't care what I have to do. I am getting it. Like This has been four years in the making, I'm doing it. So I got the handshake. But then I'm like, huh, you know what? I want a second handshake. Oh man, you're so, getting greedy. I got really greedy. So <laughs> he was walking around the outside of the room. So I'd say I cut the corner and I'm like, I'm gonna get another handshake. So I got the second handshake. And then I'm like, you know what? I want a third handshake. Oh Which is like God. totally absurd, right? But <laughs> how many people were you? There was like there? hundreds how of people. Is that possible? Because he, he took the time, he was shaking every single person's hand. Uh, he was so appreciative of every single person working to reelect him. 
what I learned though is secret service agents are trained to spot behavior that's out of the out of the norm. Like you. <laughs> so someone getting a third handshake in a matter of 20 minutes with the president of the United States is probably not normal for most people. So I start walking over to like cut the corner again for the third handshake. My teammates were all near me too. Secret service agent looks at me and he's like, don't walk over there. And I'm like, like of course, like whatever you tell me to do. And I'm like, well, sir, can I walk over there? And like pointing toward my, where my desk is. Then he's like, yeah, but if you walk toward the door, that'll be the last walk you ever have. And I'm standing there and I'm like, oh gosh. My teammates were like, we didn't know whether to laugh or cry. We're like, okay. To this day, I think he was joking, but it doesn't really matter when the, you know, someone on the president's security detail tells you not to do something. Become you suspicious, <laughs> trying to get a third handshake with President Obama, what are you trying to do? Exactly. So lesson learned, don't try to be sketchy when the President of the United States is in the same room as you because... Well, but I guess he, he, he also missed you for twice, so you were just yes, making up for making up for lost time. Business, right? Exactly. So, uh, uh, what did you like the most? From your experience and what did you didn't like at all? I think you mentioned a lifestyle. Are there anything else? So I liked winning. I didn't like losing. <laughs> Number one, it's black and white. You win or you lose and nothing else matters. And it'll be debated for years in every campaign why you lost or why you won, but no one will ever be able to definitively prove why, right? That's just the nature of politics. So you can do everything right and, and lose or do everything wrong and win. And a lot, to your point earlier, there's some stuff you just can't control or, or don't know. One way to look at it, after 2012, if you look at the media narrative and the, the few weeks after the campaign, the Obama media narrative was, look how Obama revolutionized campaigning and all this stuff, right? Like, I'm proud of, like, okay, I'm proud of what we did, but it's because we won that the media narrative was that way. Gotcha. Trump won this time around, so the media narrative was he did something that his campaign was smarter than most people and we didn't realize it. There's not really truth in either of those, right? When you win, you look like a genius. When you lose, you look like an idiot. And the truth is somewhere in the middle, but because politics is win or lose, it doesn't really matter sometimes. Another thing to, one other way to think about it is, let's say you work for a corporation that has earnings every quarter. If you miss earnings one quarter and your stock price goes down, you have another quarter and quarters for the re forever to make that up. If you're on a, on a presidential campaign and you're running for office, if you lose, you can run for office again, but that campaign, that's a finality of that campaign. And you, you are not getting that office. And there's, in that moment, there's, you're, it's, it's over. Uh, so I think that's probably the best way to think about it. Uh, and I think... Taking that one step further, I like how governing has turned into politics, meaning mm. governing is now black and white, mm. where there used to be nuance, gotcha. right? Politics and campaigns have always been black and white because you win or lose. Governing, there used to be the ability to compromise and, and to figure out how to get stuff done. Usually I will give our guests a statement and ask them to react to that uh, meme statement. But today I'm actually gonna start from you. What is the biggest misconception that you think people have about presidential campaign? So I think one of the biggest misconceptions is people think that, you know, they ask, oh, like when you won after 2012, like you just got a job in the government right after. It's possible. And so, so I had some friends who worked in the White House after and other roles within the government after 2012. 
but they're distinctly two different entities. There are strict rules on how he can, how those have to be separate. Uh, and I was a staffer for Obama for America, the campaign, not for the White House, not for the government, not anything like that. Even as a staffer on the campaign, would it not give you any advantage if you do want to interview? It can, yeah. I think one of the misconceptions is people don't realize election day, for most people on a presidential campaign, and for any campaign for that matter, is the last day of your job. Day after election day, win or lose, most people are out of the job. Mm -hmm. So thankfully, I mean, the Obama team, for people who are interested in working in the government, they did set up sessions and they, they helped where they could. Uh, but again, you have to apply for that and go through the process. Nothing is guaranteed. So so. You have to use one of those emojis to react to what you just talked about. What would you pick? It's a good question. Hmm. I'll go with this. <laughs> Uh, because I think I actually like explaining that to people and like sharing like how campaigns fit in with government and how it all works together mm -hmm. uh, because it's it's unexpected. The hours are terrible, but the pay is almost non-existent. Is that true? Not entirely true. It, it depends. Um, the pay is not amazing, uh, and you don't go work on a campaign to make millions of dollars. Uh, but you're hopefully making enough to at least live. <laughs> Is that um, the industry average pay, or it's usually lower? It's a good question. Um, I think a lot of it depends on how much the candidate has fundraised. Mm. So when you start a campaign, unless you're in a state or working with a campaign that does like match funds for the government, which in certain cases you can do, you're fundraising for every cent you have. Gotcha. Okay. So if you're working on a campaign that just hasn't raised a lot of money, you might be making a lot less because you're they're shifting resources toward voter outreach. I see. So I think it really it really depends. And did um, you have to be on the road all the time? So I wasn't on the road. Uh, I was in headquarters in Brooklyn okay. this time and Chicago last time. Mm -hmm. But there are advanced teams uh, and staffers who plan events, who handle logistics, and all of the stuff that goes into you know having events around the country. How do you feel about? the hours and the pay. <laughs> uh, I would say this, but I don't think that fully describes it because you you know what you're walking into on one hand, but until you go through it, you don't realize the intensity of it. People think that in election campaign, you always have to go through a lot of emotional ups and downs daily or even hourly. So it's interesting. I am the biggest news junkie you'll ever find. Like, I will read news 24-7, like now, I, and way too much news, and it's bad. So in your personal life, you already have Yeah, I'm already going through. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs a campaign when you're already going through is on a daily basis, hourly basis. But during a campaign, it's super counterintuitive. You are so focused on whatever you need to do to get the job done, like for your specific role. I read a lot less news during the campaign. And like, obviously you know what's going on, like the TV, CNN's on all day, and MSNBC, like there's multiple TVs around the office, but you don't have time to worry about every little news thing happening. Like there's teams that do worry about that, like the comms team and rapid response, like that's their job. Well, some of that was intentional because the goal is just to keep your head down and do your job. Gotcha. And not to get, not to make the highs too high and the lows too low, because there's one goal and it's to win on election day. It's not to win three weeks before election day. Volunteers always bring their food to the staff all the time. <laughs> they are the sweetest. 
that a chew? Uh, yeah. So some of the the bad, some of the funniest moments is like we had a teammate from Philly who his mom would send these like Philly pretzels like in the mail and like brownies. Like, parents, yeah, parents would send like brownies, like all this oh. stuff. Like, uh, and it was really it was awesome because when you're working that crazy, even sometimes stepping out for lunch, you no, know, yeah. it's possible, but it, it's 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 hard. Working on the campaign, you can see Hillary or Obama or any big names on any day. Is that true? No. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about this? Um, <laughs> this? You want to? No, yeah. You, well, yeah, so we'll you want to shake that head? We'll do all the yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I can't actually see Obama again. The Secret Service, no. <laughs> they won't let me near him. You bet your entire Exactly. Life. It's not like you'd email someone get time on our account on Hillary or Obama's calendar. Not that I really would have a need to most of the time. Uh, occasionally they would come into the office, like Obama would come every few months. So there's um, no regular team meeting or kind of like a board meeting every week to debrief, oh, here's what's happening on digital. So there is, I mean, having said all that, is we saw a lot of people come through. So on campaigns, a lot of times there'll be, like presidential campaigns, there'll be national figures who come in to meet with campaign staff. Uh, and Michelle Obama in 2012, Joe Biden, mm -hmm. Obama in 2012, mm -hmm. Hillary, Bill Clinton, I saw mm -hmm. speak. So like, you get exposure to all these people gotcha. across a wide variety of backgrounds. Thank you for sharing your really cool experience of 2012-2016 presidential campaigns. Like, it really opened my eyes and you helped me to demystify a lot of the perceptions we have. I will check with you again in 2019 <laughs> whether you're going to work on a 2020 campaign. We shall see. <laughs> if you don't want to work on it, just support your text it to me. I might want to. <laughs> Sounds good. I bet there must be a lot of questions about Joe's experience. So feel free to leave your comments and questions on our page and channel. Let's do this tradition together. What it's like to work on a presidential campaign. DNA, get! Yeah.